0: this is the nine finger chronicles podcast brought to you by vortex optics what's up everybody welcome back to the old nine finger chronicles podcast um you know i don't like to take notes before a podcast uh before i record I don't like to, uh, I've tried it in the past. And, and, and the reason that I don't do it is because I always try to force myself down a, a certain path. When I feel like when I'm doing these interviews, the path should present itself. And that's the best route to go on. And I'm going to tell you that this episode is a really good episode. Um, I'm, I'm talking with Josh Raley. Uh, Of the wisconsin sportsman podcast here on the sportsman's nation and like I mentioned i'm going to be cycling through all of these guys um, In the you know in the next couple months So you guys get a a better idea of the content that they're putting out and and who they are and what drives them but This is a really good a really good episode man, and and we don't really talk about uh, hunting strategy a lot Uh, We recap Josh's season, and then we kind of get into a a conversation of ethical hunting. Uh, We talk about staying positive. We, We talk a little bit about how the hunting community is is almost like enemies with each other when we really need to unite under one under one umbrella and, and just stay positive. And so we talk about staying positive. We talk about the hunting community. We talk about ethical hunting and shop placement specifically. Um just a really good podcast, really good conversation that may spark some interest or uh make you think a little bit about, you know, w- why is something ethical? Why is something considered not ethical? Why why are people judgmental? Why are some people supportive? I don't know. Uh, but we have a, uh, but that's the kind of information we talk about in this episode today. So I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty excited for you guys to listen to this one. Uh, we're gonna do a quick commercial segment here. Once again, I'm gonna run through these fairly quickly, and then I'll start. Well, uh, after the new year, I'm gonna start breaking these companies down again, uh, providing you with updates of what's going on. But uh, Hunt Stand, if you're looking for a mobile app, look no further than Hunt Stand. Hunt Stand is, has the most robust features of any hunting app it's the most affordable it's the most popular and the satellite imagery is updated on a monthly basis uh not a lot of companies are doing that uh, and then on top of that it just has everything you need from a mobile app and it gives you the ability to um it basically journal your hunting adventures and oh here's a scrape here's a rub here's my tree stand here's my trail camera all that kind of stuff so huntstand.com go check it out discount code for 20 percent: sn20 sn20 more information coming on lone wolf in a little bit there's been some changes there i will make sure you guys are informed as soon as i am informed uh wasp broadheads Uh, i don't know every time i think of wasp broadheads i think of the metallica song seek and destroy it's just real heavy you know anyway i I think of wasp broadheads because they destroy everything that they hit if you want a discount code for 20 percent the discount code is nine the number nine followed by the word fingers 2021 get those Uh, ozonics dude just go to ozonixhunting.com check out the the lineup that of all the units that they have they have uh you know a whole bunch of different price points what you should do is see what price point fits you and see if that unit will do what you want it to do as far as uh, uh creating o3 ozone and the answer is yes it will so I I can only sit here and talk to you guys so much about uh, Ozonics and Ozone. At some point, you either have to take the leap and get one or you have to borrow one from a friend or you have to go to their website and and do your own research. So uh, go check out Ozonics. And if you do purchase a unit, enter the discount code NFC21 and you're going to get a free dry wash bag with the purchase of any unit. Vortex Optics, vortexoptics.com great company great people great products vip warranty you break it smash it burn it a bear eats it and shits it out you send it back they will fix it or replace it for free not a lot of companies do that so not only do these guys talk the talk but they walk the walk and i can tell you from being a vortex a vortex optics owner for a very long period of time i can beat the shit out of my equipment before i actually have to Um, uh, send it in to get fixed but knowing that I don't baby my equipment Uh, I use it how it's intended to be used I'm hard on it and I just know that hey if I break it I can send it in and they'll fix it exodusoutdoorgear.com exodus trail cameras why do I like exodus trail cameras because when I turn them on and walk away from them I am confident that they work and I don't know how many times in the past before I started using exodus I would uh I would just I would always be second guessing myself man I hope they I hope they take pictures and then I would go there and it wasn't user error that you know some of these cameras weren't working and that's why when I made the jump to Exodus everything just started clicking I was confident and that's why I use them exodusoutdoorgear.com and then lastly if you are looking for a crossbow for yourself or for a new hunter or for a child you got to check out uh let's see ExcaliburCrossbow.com, Excalibur crossbows and uh, take a look at all the uh, all the skews that these guys offer they have a crossbow for everybody they're not over engineered they're a 30 year old company with a great reputation uh, kind of a cornerstone in the in the the archery market and uh, man just a, a really good company with really good people who work for them and so check out Excalibur Crossbows and their new crossbow, the twin strike. It holds two arrows. It's crazy. Go check it out. That's it. Now let's get into today's episode with Josh, the Wisconsin sportsman. Three, two, one. All right. On the phone with me today, Mr. Josh Rayley. Josh, how are we doing, man?
1: Man, I'm doing great, Dan. How about yourself?
0: Doing good. Doing good. Hey, um, for those of you who don't know, um, I was looking at uh, the, the analytics from the Sportsman's Nation Network this week, and Wisconsin, out of all the states, is the, the state that downloads the Sportsman's Nation the most, and Josh here is the host of the Wisconsin Sportsman uh, podcast. And, uh, he, he's completely dominating right now, which is awesome. And it's good to hear. And, uh, it's on, it's on the sportsman's nation podcast network with all of the other ones that, uh, you know, that are floating around out there. So Josh, man, I guess, first off, badass podcast. I love it.
1: Oh, thanks, man. It's been a, it's been a blast. I appreciate you letting me come on and do it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let me ask you this. We talked a little bit about this, um, in a previous episode that I did with another guy uh, from the network, Parker McDonald. But let me ask you this uh, question straight up. What's one of your favorite parts about having an outdoor podcast?
1: Oh man. Uh, gosh, I wish I would have gotten to hear Parker's answer. I'm curious to know that, but I think my favorite part is the people that it's letting me talk to. Mm-hmm. You know, it's given me opportunities to to reach out to guys that I ordinarily wouldn't uh, give me the opportunity to, expand my circle quite a bit. Yeah, And, uh, you know, if I'm just being honest, it gives my wife a little bit more motivation to let me get outside a little more often. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so she's like, Hey, you, you know, I know you need to be, uh, be out doing stuff. So sure. You can go out hunting or fishing or whatever today. So, yeah. uh, yeah. But I think those two things, the people and the, and the opportunity to get out.
0: Yeah. I'll tell you this right now. um, um one thing about being a content provider or a creator or or whatever you call what we're doing here um, is the fact that in order to stay relevant and in order to um, talk about the outdoors, you have to experience the outdoors. And so going out and doing all of the things like what your wife said, it's actually not only it's great that she says that, but then I can also use that as an excuse for my wife who is like, hey, listen, I haven't been outside at all this week. Like I've just been working. work and I need to go and walk through the woods and and do some scouting or or check trail cameras or do do something to get me, uh, you know, back in the swing of things.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah. I, I try to get out at least a few times a week week Uh, and if I don't I'll be I get a little grumpy so yeah
0: that's a fact all right so let's touch base here a second um how'd, how'd your season go this year
1: you know it was um it was a really it was a really good season um I uh you know this is my my second deer season in Wisconsin and so the learning curve has been pretty steep, but, uh, you know, I, I went out, uh, I think I had eight hunts total now. Yeah. Um, I've seen deer on every hunt. Uh, I've had deer in shooting range in every hunt, uh, had encounters with three different mature bucks throughout the season. And so, uh, yeah, fantastic season. Um, wish I had a little more, uh, antler on the wall or a little more meat in the freezer, but, uh, you know, things turned out well.
0: Yeah, have have you connected on any deer this year at all?
1: Oh yeah, I shot a uh, I shot a smaller seven point on November second. Okay, uh, and then I had a doe that I wounded in back in September. Uh, I had a, a fiasco with my face mask; uh, just about ripped my face mask off of me when I when I let go of the string, and so I have no clue where I hit her. I got you. Um, which that turned out poorly, but then on uh, October sixteenth. I actually arrowed uh, a probably 135 plus inch eight pointer. Oh, nice! And uh, was not able to recover him. Yeah, it was. He, oh, and gosh. I've gotten pictures. Yeah, I've gotten pictures of him since I hit him a little far forward and high. Okay. Uh, called out a dog tracker, and we looked for for hours. And he said, "I'll tell you the truth. I think this deer is still alive." And uh, sure enough, on November uh, November seventh, I got a picture of him coming in front of the same tree where i shot him on october 16th yeah so he's still out there
0: yeah man and we've all been there before um especially losing an animal and it's good as far as the buck is concerned he's back on trail camera uh, he seems to is he seemed to be doing fine
1: oh yeah he was he was on a doe he was yeah. on a doe so he's he's up and moving great
0: okay so man that's one thing that i i i ran into a couple of years ago and it it kind of threw me it kind of threw me off to be honest with you I, I took a 30-yard complete broadside shot at a doe in Iowa. This was a couple of years ago. Uh, completely smoked her, like high-lung shot, right? I mean, mm. it, was, it was like if you were to draw a line left to right on a deer that was complete broadside right behind the shoulder and you went up maybe an inch or two, smoked her, arrow went all the way through her on the other side. I watched her climb you know jump up the hill and instantly bed down and I could see the blood coming out of her and I'm like and her head kept going and her head kept going and her head kept going down and then I I was sitting there for an hour watching this deer like not do anything so she stood up went over the the hill and then what what I'm assuming was because she looked wobbly and then I went over Um, I got down out of my stand, knocked an arrow, and I said, okay, I'm going to try to – she's too weak. I'm going to try to get another arrow in her if if she's even still alive. And I went and I followed blood for the next eight hours, and it slowly dissipated, and I never found that doe. And it drove me crazy because I absolutely smoked her. Like I look look at that shot and I would – I go, if you showed me that shot on film a hundred times – in a hundred different scenarios, I would say dead deer, dead every time. And I mean, I've had, I've hit deer in that same spot and they didn't, you know, the, they, they, they died instantly. I'd watch them die in sight. And so like, it really sucks. Did you have any kind of like blowback? I don't know, mentally after, after a shot like that, that doesn't kind of go right for you?
1: Yeah, man, I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I, um, th- this was a shot that I had not really practiced. The deer came in almost directly underneath me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just real tight, real, real tight. And, uh, that was October 16th and I did not hunt again until November 1st. Oh dang. So I, yeah, I stayed out of the woods. I was, I was pretty discouraged. I wasn't getting pictures on of him on trail camera at first. Uh, and so I just got out of the woods and I practiced at least once a day, some days, two or three times a day on those tight shot angles. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it paid off because I shot the buck that I got on November 2nd. I actually shot him at basically the same exact distance and angle that yeah. I'd shot the other one at. So that practice paid off.
0: Yeah. That's cool, man. Now, um, you know, shooting a doe and, and this sucks to say, because it's uh, a deer life is a deer life. But when, when you are in the position to shoot a buck, right? You know, we we all go out, we all hope we shoot a you know, a big deer or whatever. And so this 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 buck kind of comes through or uh and and you put a bad shot on it. That that was a, you know, and some of the things we can control, some of the things are learning experiences. What happened with your face mask there?
1: Yeah, so um I was getting out of the car and I realized I forgot my face paint. So early season I like to wear face paint just like to try to try to break it up a little bit, but I grabbed a a face mask that I've never practiced with before. Uh, never shot with it or anything like that. So I, uh, I just grabbed the face mask that was in my car. Uh, that was actually a a Turkey face mask that I used. So climb up in the stand, Doke comes out, going to get a perfect shot and as, as I draw back, I, I feel kinda of and it kinda of turns my field just with the holes where I can see out of. So I'm trying to work through that and get that, you know, kind of separated a little bit from my string. And as soon as I can see clearly and see the peep and uh, you know, I think I've got it. And I release, I guess my, my kisser button had gotten kinda of snugged up or, or tangled up with the mask itself. And so when I released it just it just grabbed that mask really, really hard you know caused my my arrow to to miss the mark so
0: yeah and so it just it just went real forward like whereabouts in the the body did you did you shoot this buck
1: oh you mean oh for the for the buck so the face mask was was on the doe. So the oh buck actually, okay my uh, my
0: bad my bad
1: yeah yes yep yep so the face mask was was on a doe that i shot and i have no clue where i hit her I and uh, for the buck when he came out, I mean, I could have swore I I smoked him perfect. I mean, it was one of those shots that I, you know, he didn't he didn't act super hurt or fall over within sight, and so I called a dog pretty quickly, um, and I didn't have a lot of blood, but I mean, I would have told you, you know, ten times out of ten that that was going to be a dead deer. Yeah. But uh, he he just came in real quick. I, it was the opener of pheasant season, and so I was I was hunting just off of where some of the pheasant hunters were going to be. And what I knew was some of the best bedding just outside of where they would be and uh, work, worked like a charm. They kicked him up. He came right underneath me. And, yeah, uh, he, uh, he was just he was moving quick. I was shook up. Uh, I, Yeah. And I just released thinking, um, you know, thinking this was a, a going to be a quick shot kind of deal. And it just didn't work out.
0: Yeah. But, so...
1: but not too far forward. And in, in my estimation, then looking at the trail cam photos now. I was probably two or three inches in front of the shoulder.
0: Oh, and then in that, what do they call that? Uh, the no man zone or the the dead zone or they, whatever?
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Basically.
0: Yeah. A lot of just like connective tish, tissue and muscle and, and uh, all like nothing vital. It's yeah. I've had. Yeah, no, nah,
1: no, nothing vital and no blood. It was the craziest thing. Yeah. There was no blood at impact. There was no blood on the trail. I mean, well, we, we ended up finding a little spot of blood, but, but not much.
0: Yeah. It's crazy, man. I'll tell you this. I've been hunting for a long time. I feel like now and hitting a deer and having this overwhelming confidence that you, uh, that you smoked it or, you know, and then all of a sudden you get down out of your tree and there's no blood. I think it was like the buck that I shot in 2009, double lung smoked him. Uh, But he was stretched out forward. His front legs were forward when I shot him, like in that big, like in the longest part of his stride, I stopped him, smoked him. But then all the fur and fat came back over the wound. Right. Oh yeah, So there was no blood, like there was no blood at all. And so he ran and we had to like, you know, I was up there looking around, looking around, couldn't find him. So we, we said, all right, let's stop. Went back in the next morning and eventually found him. But he was 500 yards on a double lung shot that was, there was no blood. So we found him when we were grid searching. That was it. Wow. Yeah. And uh, luckily we ran into him and, you know, after you got him and you're just like, dude, how did he, how did he go this far is what I want to know. Yeah. And then at the same time, you know, I've had shots that are just completely the opposite where I just nick a lung or I nick something or Nick, just the liver. Or I, I, you know, several years ago, I, I hit a deer where it was like, I hit him back, uh, pretty, pretty far back. I hit a little bit of liver and stomach and I found they, they literally went mm, 70 yards, fell over dead. So it, it's, it's crazy how that works.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. You know, I watch, I watch a lot of, uh, a lot of hunting content on YouTube and stuff. And yeah. I see some of these shots that folks make and I'm like, man, they're going to lose that deer. Yeah. And the thing piles up in 20 yards. Right. And it's like, how does that even work?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, well it is what it is. You just got to keep going. And uh, you know, you try to, you know, with, without however many years of experience, you just always got to go, uh, kind of go with, go with your gut a little bit on that. And to, yep. like for me, this is gonna I don't know if this is the right thing to say, but I, I I put myself in the killer category where if a deer gives me an opportunity, I'm not gonna wait for a better opportunity. Like sure. I'm gonna take the shot. I don't know. Where do you where do you fall in something like that?
1: No, I'm the same way. I'm I, I'm one of those guys, as soon as I get what I think is a clean and ethical shot, I'm gonna take it. Yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wait around for something, you know, ten or twenty percent better. Just because it's like, well, I don't really like that angle. I mean, if I if I get what I think is a is a good clean shot, I'm taking it right away. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Do you feel that the term ethical shot is a gray area?
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, you know, for a lot of guys who um who've practiced at really long ranges or you know, I'll see a lot of guys who go out west and and what they think is an ethical shot is very different from what I deem an ethical shot here in in Wisconsin hunting in tight cover or even growing up in the South hunting in pretty tight cover. But uh yeah, I think it's a super gray area and I've I've really liked what I've seen over the last couple of years. Uh that that conversation open up a bit from the quartered away, you know close leg stretched out so that you get that perfect double lung shot. And, you know, guys are starting to say, well let's think a little bit about a head on shot. You know, let's let's talk a bit about you know, hugging that shoulder a little more and maybe aiming less, you know, center of mass and just trying to get lungs. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I've, I've welcomed that conversation. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, everybody's got to kind of do what they're comfortable with.
0: Yeah. Uh, both of my deer that I shot this year were both hard quartering toward shots. Um, the, the buck I shot in Iowa was, he was 100% in on me. So I put my pin right on the crease of his, you know, in the shoulder. And I guess he, he would have been a little quartering towards my left side. So I put it right in the crease and, you know, on a head on shot. Now I wouldn't take a head on shot at 40 yards, sure. um, but at 10 yards, I definitely would. The deer that I uh, shot in South Dakota was hard quartering towards. And I put that arrow. He was, uh, he was about, he was hard quartering towards, I'm, I'm going to guess somewhere between 25 and 30. And I put that deer, it hit a little back, but I got him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. Ethics these days are, are kind of crazy. So this is what I, this is what I always think, you know, the fastest way to kill an animal is like to hit its spine or it's, and I'm, I'm taking shooting. I'm I'm talking about just ending an animal's life, right. Is breaking its spinal cord or hitting them in the head, like a brain shot. And they're, they just shut off, right? The next step would be probably the heart or the lungs to try to, you know, the massive amount of blood loss. So I always think of this and you know, if I, if I've videoed, if, let me just ask you this, if you watched a hunting video where a guy shot an animal in the head and it dropped in place and died quickly and without any pain, is that still an ethical shot?
1: Yeah, I think so. You know, and I'm not saying it's a shot that I would necessarily take. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if he put it down quickly, I would say absolutely.
0: Yeah. See, that's where it's just like, I don't know. Uh, then I feel like that if, if, you're, if you're that confident, it's awesome. But at the same time, you start taking shots like that. Because I'll be honest, my, my, um, my stepdad is an old school guy. And he was raised in a group of hunters that he's like, dude, I just shoot him in the neck. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll shoot mm, a deer in the neck. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's the spine or the jugular or whatever, and it dies it dies real quick. Now, me, I would never take a neck shot if that's all, sure. the only thing that was exposed. Um, and I, I'm never, especially with archery equipment. Now, if I was packing a 12-gauge, right, that might be a different story. But yep. – but like, I'll never take an archery shot to the head of an animal, but I just, I wonder where, where that came from is what I want to know. Like, where did the, where did the quote unquote ethical shot come from?
1: Yeah. You know, I, and, and I'll I'll clarify, you know, when you were saying headshot, I was thinking with a, with a, with a gun of some sort, either a rifle or, or shotgun, but you know, I, I think Honestly, there's an element where we as hunters feel a little bit of a need to um apologize and make what we do a little more palatable to people who don't understand. That's a good point. Uh hunting and taking the life of an animal. Yeah. And um and then I think it's also the personal comfort level, right? Because what we're saying when some when we say something's ethical is that it's uh there's an acceptable amount of suffering. Yeah. You know, we're we're saying that that was acceptable to us. And not to say animals are sentient quite like we are, but whatever. Uh, yes, yeah, so I, I think, I think a lot of this conversation, you know, really comes from, uh, yeah, comes from that, that almost that need to apologize or make what we do, uh, easier for those who, yeah. who don't like hunting.
0: Yeah. Cause if there's one thing that, I, that really frustrates me, um, on the, on YouTube or social media where, um, You know, I, I, even I posted a picture of my deer and it was wound forward. And I did that for one reason really. And it was to show, like, I always like to show where I hit the deer and explain that. And, and so when people, you know, they, they look at the picture without reading the everything they look at and they go, Oh dude, you shot it in the neck. And I was like, well, no, it was head on shot him in the chest and he went down. But even then people are like, you know, man. That's, that's, you know, getting trash talk on that shot, which I guess I just got to ignore because like, but instead of congratulating people, I just don't know why we're not more supportive of each other.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I think that uh, I I think social media has brought out a lot of bad things. And and one of the negatives of it has been the ethics police. Yeah. You know, the people who want to get out there and say, well, you shouldn't have taken that shot or you shouldn't have shot that buck because of this or that size or, you know, whatever the case may be. I I think we really need to lay off of that there. You know, and, and if we want to say, hey, I'm concerned about the optics of that shot. Like there are better ways to have that kind of conversation yeah. than to jump on and, and start bashing somebody's deer,
0: yeah. or bashing their shot. Do you, do you think that, what, what what would you say that conversation looks like? You know, because there's a broad, there's a broad line of people who are like, dude, I had to wait. I, you know, I like to wait till they're broadside and I, I missed an opportunity because I wanted the best possible shot for me. And then there's other guys, let's say like us, who's like, head on, take it. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that uh I, I think one one guiding principle for that conversation because I think they're all going to look different, but I think the one guiding principle is that it can't be short form communication. Yeah. You know, it it cannot be comments on a post. Uh it's going to have to be phone calls. It's going to have to be, you know, a video with a panel of people who are going back and forth. Uh, it's going to have to cover conversations about what kind of equipment you're shooting. Cause Dan, I don't, what's your draw length?
0: Uh, 30,
1: 30. So man, you're pushing a lot of energy. Yeah. So for somebody to tell you that you shouldn't take a, uh, quartering two or front on shot, they don't know what they're talking about when it comes to modern archery equipment.
0: Right. Right. Right.
1: Like if, if they say you can't put that arrow through there, they just don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. And so, you know, I think there's just a lot that we have to take into consideration. So it's gotta be. It's gotta be long form, whatever it is.
0: Yeah, that's a fact, man. Um and I here's the other thing is practice. Right? Like I right. shoot my bow a lot. Not loud like, not during the winter, obviously, but as soon as it warms up in the spring, I'm I'm back at it. And again, and again, and again. And I'm shooting on the regular every, every week until about a month or two before the season starts, And it's every day. And so that is where I gain all my confidence. Like if I was only, Absolutely. if I was that guy who was just picking his bow out of the bow case and just going, all right, well, let's see if she's still sighted in from last year. <laughs> like people yeah. that I know people, I know they'll they will take one or two shots before the season, just so they know if the string isn't going to explode on them and then they'll, <laughs> they'll go back and you know, they'll start hunting with it. And to me, yep. that's where there's this, I feel like that's an ethical shot because I'm confident in my equipment and I practice. Now, I don't think that's an ethical shot if I didn't practice and I, you know, I was shooting a a 300 grain arrow as opposed to a 520 grain arrow or I was shooting 30, you know, 25 inch draw, draw length as opposed to 30 inch draw length. Like, I know my equipment, I know my capabilities and because of that, I feel that's an ethical shot for me.
1: That's right. And that, that's the other piece there is your own capabilities. And I think, you know, as hunters, we oftentimes, uh, we don't want to have hard, the hard conversation that like we are the weak link, you know, given today's technology and equipment, we are the weak link in almost everything that we do. And, uh, you know, when it comes to taking archery shots, we've got to put in the practice and, you know, I've had years where I'm better at it and years where I'm, where I'm not as great at it. I think this year, you know, I, I did put in the time and, um, try to, try to boost that regiment. you know, what that looks like, you know, shot shooting at different angles and that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, I think, I think that practice piece, uh, can't be overstated.
0: Yeah, for sure. So let's see here. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to pick on you a little bit. And the reason I'm picking on you is because you are, you're a, uh, a, a preacher, right?
1: Oh yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. absolutely.
0: So you're a preacher, you deal with people, right? And I do. You, you try to spread a message of positivity through your work, a message of love and kindness and, and the golden rule, treat other people like you would want to uh, be treated type of uh, deal. So let me ask you this, when it comes to what you do for a living as a preacher and then looking into the hunting space where obviously all humans are flawed, right? Um, yep. how, how do we become a better community, uh, a hunting community that we, you know, that we stop any infighting or having arguments about, you know, whether someone should do this when in all actuality we are, we're, we're all under the same umbrella.
1: Yeah. I, th- I think it's got to start with a long look in the mirror, right? Like I'm, I'm going to be a lot less likely to try to pick out whatever it is about you that I don't like. If I've come to terms with who I am behind closed doors. Yeah. Right. And start to see my own warts for what they are. Um, and then I think just also just showing a little grace to each other, man. I mean like things happen, mistakes happen. We're going to disagree. Uh, but we have to, much like in the world of the church, we have to understand that as hunters we have, uh, we have one mission, we have one heritage, we have one vision that we all enjoy, and our goal is to to keep that at the forefront and to all pursue that together, and uh, you know stop letting little petty things get in the way. Yeah, I think that's where that's where a lot of the the infighting is going to come from when we let other priorities take over and begin to distract us from things like conservation, from things like uh, maintaining the the lifestyle that we love from when we allow it to distract us from things like passing our heritage on to the next generation. You know, we let those other things come in, all of a sudden we lose, we lose sight and uh, yeah, it's going to cost us if we can't get our act together.
0: Yeah. Where does, you know, I, I'm sitting here trying to think of the next question to ask and and I just, I hear that like um, treat others the way you would want to be treated is just, just this, the golden rule, right? I mean, I, ever since I was in you know, ever since I was, can remember that is what I have been taught, whether it's been through the church or whether it's been through my parents, right? It's just, just be a good person. And I think like for me, being a good person really doesn't need to be explained that well. I and mean, sure. you just know, like you should inherently know right from wrong. So my question is, or let me, I'll just make a comment first. In the past five years, I have, I have really, try to wake up every morning as a positive person. And I think that's translated over to the content that I put out and how I approach the hunting community with a more, you know, it's like there's people out there who are just like, Oh man, yeah, you should have let that one go. He's too young. Or, you know, that was an unethical shot or you should have done this. That was dumb. And instead I just congratulate everybody and yep. and try to put out the positive energy so um people feel that and in hopes that it's contagious you know what i mean and then their positive yep. energy then goes you know what i could have wrote a snark uh, you know a snark comment here but instead i'm just going to congratulate the guy yep how how do, how do people like how do people do that
1: yeah so how do we make that shift away from the snarky and into yeah into, into the positive yeah into the positive Man, you know, I think that yeah, for me as a preacher, there's a theological answer to that, and there's just a human answer to that, right? Like I'm, if I didn't just say like I like outside of relationship and walking with God, you're gonna struggle. Mm-hmm. You're you're just going to struggle with doing that, and it's gonna be much harder. On the other side of that though, I, I think it is just coming to terms with your own with your own humanity. And I think it's keeping priorities first. I think it's keeping priorities out front and and letting those things be the pursuit. And then I think it's also what, what you're saying there with like, man, just do it for a bit and reap the benefits. Yeah. Right. So I, I think you would say that you've been trying to do that and you're reaping the benefits of it. Yeah. Like you've seen the reward. You've seen a difference in the way that you wake up in the morning. You've seen a difference in probably even your success afield. Yeah. Because you just have a different mindset. You've got a different mentality. So I think, uh, yeah, I think believing when people say, Hey, try this out, see if it changes things for you. Uh, you know, I think people will start to see some, some difference there and, you know, it's not going to be easy. I think that's the, that's the hard thing is people like, well, I don't really feel like making that change or, or, you know, I, it it will feel better for me in the moment to make that snarky comment. It's like, yeah, it may, but you've got to think long-term, you've got to think big picture. You've got to quit thinking about what might feel great right here in the now, and, uh, you know, think about five years from now or think about next season and how you want to be as a person Yeah. and how, how your stupid comment right now might impact that.
0: Yeah. Not only yourself, but others.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You, you never know what that person's going through on that particular day. You never know what they're struggling with in life in, in general. Yeah. And so, yeah, you, you take that opportunity to put them down. You may have just lost a hunter.
0: Yeah. That's a fact. And we don't need to lose any more hunters. Um, no, one absolutely thing, not. one thing that I, uh, man, where was I going to go with that? That, that, that efficiency thought efficiency, like when I, and this kind of translates into my deer hunting strategy where I used to be consumed back in the day with what others were doing, right? It's like, well, if, if, if this successful hunters doing this, I need to do that. Well, yep. uh, that's not true right? You, you, you shouldn't do what they're doing. You know why? Because you don't hunt their farms. You don't live in the same state as them, blah, 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 blah. And and all these other differences, right? As far as strategy. And then once I was able, and this, this has been several years now, but once I was able to step away from that kind of thought process and comparing myself to others and doing what I felt, I, I shedded all that. I let all that go. And I went into the woods, and I started becoming successful because I was paying attention to what was going on in my, on my farms and the properties that I could hunt. And so I had all this additional time to make, I don't know, uh, thoughts cl- like cleaner thoughts to my strategy and not thinking while well, not thinking about all that other garbage that didn't impact me at all. Does that make sense?
1: Oh, absolutely, man. You know, I guess it was probably right as I started going down this journey of wanting to host a podcast right around the time that I first talked to you about it. And, um, you know, I was watching a lot of YouTube and listening to a ton of podcasts and stuff. And uh, my wife actually said like, Hey, why don't you stop listening to everybody else about this stuff? And like, just do your thing.
0: Absolutely. You know,
1: why, why don't you quit spending so much energy on consuming what everybody else is doing? and worry about what you've got going on. And, you know, that's allowed me to, like I said, you know, I went hunting eight times this year and had a great season. I mean, by all accounts, I should have had, I should have had at least one really nice buck on the wall, um, from this season. And and it's allowed me to be more efficient. It's allowed me to be more present, you know, where I'm hunting and and worry about my tactics and the things that fit what I'm doing at that, at that moment, rather than, uh, you know, thinking, Oh, so-and-so said I need to do this. So I got to go put that into practice. It's like, no, go out to the, the spot where you hunt and, uh, do what the woods give you Exactly. follow what the sign tells you
0: exactly. and take it from there. Yeah. Yeah. That's the same thing. Like now I do that in business too, where I, you know, from a, for a guy who puts out a podcast and who, uh, you know, manages the, the network and things like that. I don't listen to any or read a lot of outdoor content maybe this is crazy because I feel like it will impact my decision-making on what I, um, uh, what I, what, I, what kind of content I create. Therefore, it's not really my content. I'm just recycling something that I've heard somewhere else. You know what I mean? Sure. And yeah. in, in a, in a, in an industry like this or a, a community like this, things are going to get recycled anyway, but yep. I try to ask different questions and, and, and do that kind of stuff. But man, I, I don't know. I just, I kind of stay away from it and just go, go in it from the me and my perspective. And, and that's what, you know, from the, from the the woods to the business, man, I feel like that thought process had you know, has just, is just, I don't know, made me a, a happier person.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I kind of want to know from you, like, you know, I, I, I'm just getting into this whole podcast thing. Right. And, and there is that temptation to see, okay, what does everybody else do? And what yeah. is everybody else talking about? And, and there is an element with, at which we can learn from, from others who've gone right. before us in this world. Right. So how, what have you done to kind of maintain that, uh, that individualism and to say, you know, I'm not going to let Instagram dictate what I do today.
0: The, the biggest thing is to not let Instagram dictate what you do today. I mean, that's, (laughs) that's, that's seriously. My answer is you have to be able here. You either have to disconnect altogether or you have to disconnect. Does that make sense? Like you have to either have the strength to look at something or be around something and disconnect your reality from that reality, or you just disconnect altogether. And as much, this is going to sound crazy for someone who relies on social media to, to run a business. I wish I could disconnect from social media altogether. Like I, I don't sure. want to be, honestly, I don't want to be on social media anymore. It's just, it's redundant. It's, I don't know. It's just a, a place where I don't want to, I don't want my kids to be on social media, but they see me on social media. So therefore they're, they get interested about it. All their friends are on it. So i just i disconnect in the way where i understand what is like you said what the woods gives me in my scenario and that is the scenario that i go with i don't try to i don't try to imagine another scenario because that then you're lying to yourself at that point that's right if that makes sense so yeah i just absolutely i just i do my own thing and and Every person I've ever talked to or every, you know, there's so many motivational speakers out there, you know, business gurus out there. And the the theme is do your own thing, right? That's, that's where the, the authenticity comes from. That's where the, the truth comes from. And when you're able to, to find that and connect with that, it can be something very special.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And you, 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 really don't see a lot of imitators being successful.
0: Right. Right. You know? Yep. That's a fact, man. So what's, uh, what's next on the list? I mean, are you done for the year or are you planning for next year or what?
1: Yeah. You know, I've been out doing a good bit of postseason scouting. Um, been looking around, trying to prep some stand sites for next year out of a saddle. So trying to get into some preset trimming and that kind of thing. Uh, it looks like I'll be getting out hopefully for the holiday hunt coming up here. We've got a, uh, gosh i think it's a week-long holiday hunt here in wisconsin it's an antlerless only so maybe try to get a few more deer in the freezer but you know outside of that it's going to be packing up for the year and, and looking forward to spring and trying to gear up for turkeys and fly fishing
0: yeah that's a fact all right last question i have before we uh, call our quits today you got some venison in the freezer right now what is what is a recipe that is is a go-to or a staple in your household or you're excited to cook for this upcoming year do you have a favorite venison recipe
1: yeah favorite venison recipe has got to be my wife takes you know thin sliced back strap and she'll roll some blue cheese up she'll roll up some blue cheese in it okay and then wrap bacon around it and bake that it's delicious
0: okay i've never heard of that before but i'm gonna try that now
1: oh man it's good it's good throw them on the grill and it it's phenomenal
0: okay all right now you're talking my language my friend so (laughs) josh man uh really appreciate you taking time out of your day today to hop on the podcast for those of you who are listening to this from wisconsin and have yet to uh give the wisconsin sportsman a try that that podcast to try you got to do it tons of great information very well put together um podcast uh itunes um uh, Spotify, wherever uh, podcasts are downloaded, you can find it there, but uh, it's relatable to the state of Wisconsin. And uh, man, Josh, appreciate everything.
1: Yeah, buddy. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it.
0: And there you have it. Huge shout out to all the partners of the Nine Finger Chronicles, Stan, Lone Wolf, Wasp, Ozonix, Vortex, Exodus, and Excalibur. Please go out and support the companies that support this podcast. At least go to their website, do some research on their products. Maybe that product is uh, is good for you. And then a uh, huge shout out to Josh, man. If you live in Wisconsin, definitely check out his website. Quality production, quality content. You guys are definitely going to love it. And then uh, what else? I think uh, that's it, man. Like I said, in like I, I, I kind of say it all the time, man. It's all about positive energy man if you want to be happier you have to even sometimes you have to fake it there's days when I wake up and my kids are annoying as shit and I am just in a pissed off mood I eat that shit sandwich I put a smile on my face I fake it for a little while and even faking it helps me helps me uh, become more positive and uh man I uh I don't know. And then that positive, that positivity spreads to others. And then guess what? That's a snowball effect. And then other people are going about their day and they're positive. So good vibes in, good vibes out. And uh, we'll talk to you when we talk to you.